Get ready for unique, rare, and little-known treasures from the golden age of radio. You're listening to The Amazing World of Radio with Adam Graham. Welcome to The Amazing World of Radio, and our summer of Bogart continues on. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. You can follow our regular main podcast, The Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, bringing you a different detective show every day, Monday through Saturday, at greatdetectives.net. And this show is brought to you by our Patreon supporters at patreon.greatdetectives.net. Their monthly support of our efforts led to this summer series, so thank you so much for your support. Now it's time for today's episode from the Summer of Bogart, and this time we're going to play an episode of the Bing Crosby Show. The original air date, March the 12th of 1952. <laughs> Someone waits for me. This is Ken Carpenter. Welcome you to the Bing Crosby Show for Chesterfield. Produced and transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, Judd Collins of the Bears and Bing's guests, Mr. Humphrey Bogart and Miss Lauren Bacall. Really? Yes, really. Surprise to me. Really? I haven't seen them at no. all. And now, ladies and gentlemen, with St. Patrick's Day just a few days away, we'd like to present a man who wears the green and sings with a groan, Bing O'Crosby. Oh, yay, yay. That's the time you are. You're right. St. Patrick's Day will soon be upon us. I tell you, we used to have some real St. Patrick's Day parties when I was a kid up in Spokane. Really? What'd you do at the parties? Oh, we'd all gather over at somebody's house, push back the furniture, roll back the rugs, and fight. (laughs) Sounds jolly. Well, Bing, they have lots of St. Patrick's Day parties right here in Hollywood. Doesn't Pat O'Brien throw a big party every year? Oh, he throws a wingding, I want to tell you. The whole mob gets together at O'Brien's, Frank McHugh, Bill Gargan, Dave Butler, Jimmy Cagney, Leo McCary, Leo Fitzgerald, Jack O'Melveny, and Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> Joe DiMaggio? Yes, comes, I thought the party was just for the Irish. How'd he get in there? Oh, he makes wonderful meatballs. <laughs> Think, tell me more about Pat O'Brien's affair. What time does a St. Pat's party usually break up? Well, I'll give you a rough idea, Ken. Last year, when I left O'Brien's house after the party, I passed a vacant lot, and I saw a fellow putting up a fireworks stand. Quite <laughs> a party. Say, Ken, we've sort of been talking along the Irish vein, but I think it might be a good time to spring a new Irish tune. This was written by Mr. Preston Foster, eminent actor of the films. You acquainted with him, I'm sure. Yeah. And Perry Bodkin, our guitar player, wrote the melody. It's called Two Shillelagh O'Sullivan. This is Irish with sort of a Western... Uh, Decor. John or Scott, are you ready? Ah, he was a mighty man. Listen to what I'm telling you now. Mighty, mighty man. There's many a man that rode a horse across the western plain. There's never been one like the Irishman. Most Sullivan was his name. He never packed his shooting iron. The need he never felt. With two shillelaghs always there. 
hanging on his belt. Oh, yippee ki yay yippee 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 and he could hold himself out at arm's length. No man can do that. It's O'Sullivan I'm talking about. Oh, well, he could. Now go on, Zach, and sit down. Across the range from morning to night, he rode for days and days. A fixing fences here and there, and a picking up the sway. A cattle spread he really built, as big as Ireland, where he could range a million head, and the shamrock be his friend. Oh, yippee-ki-yay, to visit us again, uh, Lorraine. Now, Bing, let's not be formal. Formal? Well, I thought we agreed the last time I was here that you'd call me by my nickname. Well. Why can't you call me Baby? Oh. <laughs> I intended to call you Baby, but I always forget. But why? Well, I guess because I'm just not used to girl babies. <laughs> Well, I'll never understand it. But tell me, baby... There, you said it. Uh-huh. I did it. I got away with it. Tell me, baby, how's Humphrey getting along now? Hmm? Well, not so good. What's the matter with him? Bing, you should never have let him sing on your program last month. What? What happened? Well, he now firmly believes that he's America's next great crooner. Well, it's, it's an open field. Well, in an open field, he doesn't sound bad. <laughs> I see what you did. But in the house, it's awful. Why, oh, you're not serious. I can't believe it. This, this boy thinks he's got a voice. Is it honest? Yeah. And every night, he insists on going into the nursery and singing Little Stevie to sleep. Does the baby like it? No, I don't think so. When Bogey is singing, he curls up into a ball and sticks the end of his diapers in his ears. <laughs> you've got a serious problem. Outside of annoying the baby, what, what other singing does Bogey do? Well, he always sings in the shower. You've lost him. He's gone. He spends hours in there, and he's so silly. He rubs soap in his eyes on purpose. Why? So he can cry like Johnny Red. Uh, <laughs> you do that with soap, huh? I've tried everything. I couldn't get it. Bing, mm. stay as sweet as you are. Thank you. And the same to you. <laughs> Bing, you've just got to talk Bogey out of this idea that he's a singer. Here he comes now. Oh, yes, folks, here's Humphrey Bogart. 
Thank you. Thank you. Hello, baby. Hello, baby. Hi, Boogie. Oh, uh, here, boy. Hold my music. What are you singing, John <laughs> Peel or something? <laughs> Hold your music. What for? What for, yes. he says. What for? What's the matter, Crosby? You afraid of a little new blood? Oh, did you get some new blood? <laughs> now, you know what I mean. No, I was just asking. I thought I might get some for myself. Well, don't tell me your troubles. Well, why don't you just be your sweet, charming self and forget about being a singer? Yeah, but I just started. Let me tell you something, Bogey. It just could be, you know, that you're a little too old to start singing. <laughs> it, could, it just could be that you're old enough to stop singing. Say, <laughs> so, you know something? You could be a reconditioned singer. I see a lot of them advertised on television with new bobbins and everything. You're <laughs> old. He needs more than bobbins. Hey, what is this? My own wife. Now, let's get this straight once and for all. Bing is my favorite singer, and you're my favorite husband. You're still playing his record of Mule Train. Even the mules gave up on that. <laughs> well, I'm not giving up. Yeah? Let me tell you something. Arthur Godfrey wants me on his talent scouts program, but I can't get anyone to be my talent scout. <laughs> Why don't you try the Boy Scouts of America? They're cooperative. <laughs> Your display of jealousy is boring me. Pardon me while I spray my throat. Oh, get this. He's got an atomizer yet. Oh. <laughs> yeah, not bad. It's a good spray, huh? It ought to be. That's the only atomizer I ever saw with an olive in it. <laughs> oh, man. How I wished I had a spray like that when I was singing at the Coconut Grove in the old days, huh? Oh, didn't you? That's what I hear. I... You know, Bing, show business is funny. When I was a guest on your program before, I thought it was going to be just another radio guest shot. But I sang, and suddenly it hit me. Singing is my racket. It opened up an entire new field for me. I understand you're not bad out in the field, is <laughs> You know, I think it's hardly fair to your public or to your admirers to just stand here and talk about your singing. I think it'd be very nice if, you, if you're serious about it to sing a number for the folks. Sing it right now. Well, I'd be very happy to. Bing, how could you? <laughs> well, I'm getting tired. I want to get off my feet for a minute. <laughs> what will I sing, baby? Tulips and Heather, that song Perry Como does so well. Why don't you sing that corny little sea chanty that you know so well? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, for my first selection, I will sing The Bold Fisherman, a bright yet compelling song of the sea. Fisherman set sail from off Billingsgate to catch the bold piggy and the gay macaroon. But when he got off in the cold, the winds did begin to blow, and the little boat wibble wobble so that overboard went he singing. <laughs> Winky doodle down, 
was a highly interesting song that he sung. Quinky Deedle Down, Quinky Deedle Old Fisherman. Quinky Deedle Down, Quinky Deedle was a highly interesting song that he sung. I'm doing. not kidding, baby. His voice grows on a fellow. Like a vine. It's a little creepy. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, never mind my singing. Let's uh, talk about the African Queen for uh, a while. Bogey, it's no trouble at all to talk about the African Queen because it's a wonderful picture. Great color. You and Catherine Hepburn, I understand, are up for Academy Awards as a result of this picture. Well, I hope Hepburn wins an Oscar. I, I sent her a little mahogany shelf to put it on. Well, that was a very, very nice gesture. Very nice of you to send her the shelf. Well, he bought two. Well, I got mine to... <laughs> I got mine to put my metronome on. <laughs> Say, you know, there was one scene in The African Queen that really killed me. The scene where you had the, uh, the whips and jingles, you know, the hangover? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hepburn took all your gin and poured it in the river. You just slumped to the deck of the boat and you did nothing about it. That, I believe, was the greatest test of my acting career. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we're going to present a radio version of the African Queen. Miss Lorraine Bacall will play the part of Rose Sayer. The prim English lady is portrayed on the screen by Miss Catherine Hepburn. I will play the part of Charlie Alnut, the rough riverboat captain, trader, and jack-of-all-trades. Uh, may I ask a question? Shoot. Well, I'd like to shoot, but I'll just ask the question. <laughs> what part do I play in this impending clambag? Uh, we have made elaborate plans for you, Bogey. Uh, we've got that all straightened out. You're going to narrate the story. We straightened it out? Mm-hmm. Baby and me. And Bogey makes three. That's right. <laughs> okay. I'll narrate it, but watch out. Well, we can take it. You just go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, we now present a radio version of the African Queen. The part of the girl in the picture was played by Miss Catherine Hepburn, one of our foremost actresses. Tonight, it will be played by Miss Lauren Bacall, a housewife. Wait till we get home. In the picture, the part of the man was played by Mr. Humphrey Bogart, who is famous for his dramatic roles. Tonight, it will be played by Mr. Bing Crosby, a cigarette salesman. <laughs> This cannot possibly help the picture. Now, don't make speeches. Come on. The play which we now present deals with the perilous journey of a man and a woman cruising down the treacherous Ulanga River in Africa in a 30-foot launch to sink the German gunboat Königin Luisa. Only tonight, we're not going to sink the German gunboat. Now, what are you going to sink? We're going to sink the shrimp boats. (laughs) Well, I can't knock that. 
And we now take you to Africa. Theme music, please. Our play opens, we find Mr. Crosby and Mr. Call sitting on Mr. Crosby's launch discussing their perilous trip down the river. I don't care if you want to sink the shrimp boats or not, ma'am. I've been thinking it over and it's impossible. This is a treacherous, winding, tricky river full of rocks and rapids and cataracts and waterfalls. We'd never make it down to the lake. Why, this little boat would be dashed to pieces before we knew it. I'd like to help you, ma'am, but what you ask is out of the question. It'd be plain suicide to attempt this journey. So forget about sinking them shrimp boats. We're not even going to try it. Oh, come on, baby. Do it for me. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and thus, with that hokey beginning, commences the journey. Huh? Hey, where'll you get there? <laughs> Break it up, break it up. Well, what's the matter, baby? This is a river in Africa, not the tunnel of love. <laughs> this man has an appalling lack of dramatic appreciation. Hear that, ma'am? You hear it? Hear them savages singing on them shrimp boats? It's blood curdling. Ma'am, I'll just take this old oxygen cylinder here and make a torpedo. Let's see, now, how did old Bogey do that in the picture? Hey, look out for that stuff. I know what I'm doing. I'll just put this detonator on here, and I'll tap the top on. Not going on. Oh, tap it a little harder. Harder? Sendeth this version of the African Queen. I think the sound man's got the bends. Take him out. <laughs> We're not through with this thing yet. What do you mean? Well, baby and I haven't sung our song yet. We're going to do a duet in the sketch, won't we? Yeah, let's do it now, baby. Certainly. The duet was the punch to the whole darn sketch. You're yeah. trying to blow it. A nice old number. I don't know why. And you're singing it with a nice old number, too. <laughs> you're nice yourself. <laughs> let's go, then. I don't know why I love you like I do I don't know why I just do I don't know why you thrill me like you do 
Now, by way of a little added surprise, I would like to present a young lady to you, Miss Loretta North of Sydney, Australia. Miss North has been brought over here by 20th Century Fox in the interest of their picture, picture titled Kangaroo. Would you take a bow? Here's Miss North right here. Thank you. Loretta, I understand that you were selected from among 80,000 girls in Australia in the Miss Kangaroo contest there. Is that right? That's right. Mm -hmm. And Bing, I'd like to present you with this scroll uh, from the Youth Association from Australia. Hey, this is quite an unusual item. The Youth Association of Australia has only presented... Mm -hmm. Uh, More than 500,000 members of the Australian Youth Association have selected you as our favorite singer. Well, thank you. (laughs) See, baby, in order to get anywhere, you have to be a singer. <laughs> and Mr. Crosby, yeah. here's something else for There's you. There's more? Yes, what? a real live baby kangaroo from Australia. Oh, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Say, isn't he a cute little fellow? Get him on here. Gee, I'd like to have a kangaroo. You're a panda man, remember? <laughs> hey, isn't this something? This should be a hit around the house. <laughs> well, Loretta, I want to thank you very, very much. This is a wonderful thing. I appreciate it. And thanks also to my friends in Australia. And, Bogey, baby, what do you say we ankle over to the Brown Derby, huh? Well, what for? Well, your atomizer's empty, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, yeah, sure it is. Well, let's go, Bing. Okay. Uh, Who's going to be with you next week? Well, next week, Lauren, we broadcast from Palm Springs, California. Our guest is going to be Mr. Jimmy Stewart. See you next week, then, folks. And meanwhile, remember, Chesterfields are much milder with an extraordinarily good taste. And from the report of a well-known research organization, Chesterfield leaves no unpleasant aftertaste. They satisfy millions. Good night, folks, and thank you very, very much. The show presented by Chesterfield was produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Murdo McKenzie. Tune in next week and hear Bing and his guest, Jimmy Stewart. Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall can be heard weekly in their own radio program, The Bold Venture. Welcome back. Well, I always appreciate uh, Bing Crosby singing, and we get one of the best Irish cowboy songs ever. Though I was somewhat disappointed, I was expecting him to sing To Ralu Ralulu, which he sang in the film Going My Way. But there were probably rights issues and such. And this was a newer, popular hit. Oh, not anymore. Humphrey Bogart's singing was uh, fun. It wasn't bad, but it's not something I would and buy a CD to listen to. Of course, his referencing the great restraint in his acting when uh, Catherine Hepburn was pouring out the gin was just being silly because he was only 
being deprived of it as a fictional character. In real life, he had his own supply. In fact, one of the stories from the filming of The African Queen was that everybody on set got sick other than Houston and Humphrey Bogart, because they drank a fair amount of Scotch whiskey that they had imported. Bogart recounted, All I ate was baked beans, canned asparagus, and Scotch whiskey. Whenever a fly bit Houston or me, it dropped dead. The one uh, negative about this is the problem with recording radio programs before a studio audience is that sometimes the actors will do something that really cracks up a studio audience, you know, that's physical, and you're left as the radio audience at home wondering, what on earth is going on? And there's a little bit of that in the actual sketch, but still, it's a fun uh, episode. Well, they reference that uh, Bogart and Bacall, they had their own series, Bold Venture, and we are going to boldly venture into that series starting next week and pretty much until the summer Bogart ends. In the meantime, though, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net and become one of our Patreon supporters at patreon.greatdetectives.net. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.